Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Into that, we'll talk about the 
Bean. We'll get into that. Um, that'll be our lead story. We haven't had an NBA lead story in the last few months, so we have nothing with NBA lead to talk. Um, I think this is the first time in a while that there's something that looks like there could be. I mean, look, there's been rumors we heard talk about in the last few weeks. Oh, he's going to go Kevin Durant, he's going to go to the Suns and the Heat. And you heard, you know, you heard the potential package with Toronto, and you heard all these different things. But nothing felt as substantial as this, where there's a possibility it could happen. And I'll tell you through why I think, why I think there's a possibility this could happen and why this could work. Um, we'll get into that in a moment. Um, we're going to leave with that story, of course, we're going to some baseball as well. We are, in, uh, we are about a week away from the MLB trade down. I think we're trading the MLB trade down. It's going up very, very fast. Um, August 2nd is a week from tomorrow, so we're about a week out. Things are starting to pick up speed in regards to the week to the field, in regards to Juan Soto, in regards to Andrew Benatendi, and a number of the major trade targets that we've heard. Uh, things are starting to pick up. We haven't had much trade activity yet. There's been a couple of minor things, I think maybe in late June that we heard. Other than that, we've had nothing. Um, but, uh, you know, now that we're going to have the All-Star break, we've had our first week of the baseball after the All-Star break. Um, most teams kind of have an idea of what they want to be, if they're going to be a buyer or a seller. Some teams take a little bit longer because, obviously, as we talked about over the last couple of weeks, some teams that had a bad start kind of got back into it over the last couple of weeks. And there's other teams that got off to decent enough starts that have fallen off. Or, you know, thought maybe they were still in it that aren't. So we'll kind of look at where things stand here over a week before the MLB trade deadline. We'll kind of talk about the rumors that we're hearing and see where things stand here. We're a week out of the trade deadline, which is really the next best part of this MLB season. It's a big week for the MLB. Uh, it's a lot of teams. You know, some teams got off to slow starts here this weekend after the All-Star break. We've got to look at everything and see if it's a the trade deadline where things stand. And this Monday, so let's get the ball rolling as we always do. First up, our man of the ways of interacting with tickets and at your place. Every single day, we'll be forced to do Nuts over Kevin Durant and Jalen Brown uh, is the centerpiece of the potential deal. Um, apparently, the Celtics got the ball rolling on this today. Uh, uh, they called they, uh, and, and notable NBA reporters are reporting this uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, Shannon Serena. Uh, the Athletic, who's been all over it, you know, all the Brooklyn Nets stuff, Jim Kyrie. Uh, the Boston Celtics offered a package involving Jalen Brown to the Nets, which Brooklyn turned down in college. Uh, the counter deal supposedly involved not only Jalen Brown, but also Marcus Smart and Pitts. Um, and and, and also, not only Marcus Smart, but they also wanted a rotational piece because they wanted another significant player in Pitts. Um, Apparently, the only player in the Celtics' mind that's untouchable is Jason Tatum. Although it does seem like, you know, I, I think they would be hesitant to involve Marcus Smart. I don't think they want to give up Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Um, so, first of all, why would the Celtics do this? Well, this is, you know, this is something that the Celtics have done since the 
They kind of line the weeds. Wait and see what's going to happen, right? If they don't think they have a chance, they're going to the bottom line right now. But if they say, oh, yeah, this is, this is a potential, this, 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 the market for this player might take a little while to develop, you know, it's going to take, you know, this team's going to heat off, or we'll wait and see what, what it looks like. Let's see how things play out. They know it might take a few weeks, and, they, you know, they, they might be in line to weeds and something at the last second, they'll wait it out, you know. If they don't think they have a chance, only bottom looking at it. And that's kind of what they did. They knew that, you know, Nobody was going to be able to make the deal for Keeney right away. They knew that. So they kind of waited it out. They're like, all right, well, we've seen, you know, some of these teams, some of the teams that wanted to go to the other teams kind of put their best foot forward and get rejected. I mean, kind of know what they're looking for. Do we have anything that we can present to them that they might buy? Well, we have, you know, we have our dueling superstars of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They want a superstar. Can we afford to get rid of one? I might think Tatum's a better player. Even though I think Jalen Brown played better in the finals. I think, personally, I think he did. Um, so, you know, some people say Jalen Brown might be the better player. Really, he's a better player in general. And that's obviously got to be determined. But, you know, I think there was this decision. Like, well, you know, at one point last fall, they were thinking, when the NBA season began, they were thinking about trading in you know, one of Tatum or Rock. Working. You got the NBA finals. Why would you want to break this up? And I think the feeling is, well, you saw what happened in the finals. A lot of people thought they regressed. That some of the issues that you had saw earlier in the season came back up. The fact that Brown and Tatum, you know, it seemed like either one would have a good game and the other wouldn't. There was, I, I don't say there was tension. It seemed like they got along fine, but it just seemed like these two couldn't really establish each other. Sometimes the roster doesn't click together. Now, granted, they took together the entire second half. And this team rolled up that momentum all the way to the finals, it was just fine. But in the finals, on the big stage against the Golden State Warriors, it just didn't look right. It didn't look like the same team. They didn't look like they clicked. They didn't look like, you know, you saw a team that looked like it wasn't as perfect a setup as you thought. And when you see it, it's all okay. So, I mean, it worked for the second half of the season. It worked when you were playing the Eastern Conference team. But it didn't seem to work when you got on the big stage against so I'm like, well, well, maybe it's just a matchup with the word. Maybe that kind of, Maybe it is. But I think there's this feeling that we have a window here, right? Before we, you know, we have to start paying some of these players, giving them more money, and you know, we don't want to waste this world. We don't want to win the championship. We don't. We don't want to keep playing this game. Maybe this will work. Maybe it won't work. We have an opportunity here. Let's see if we can seize it. All right. So, well, who would we get rid of? Well, they seem to think Chase is a better player. They've always seen. Always Jalen Brown that was kind of dangled and traded stuff. Him. So it made sense, especially given the kind of finals that he had, that you use Jalen Brown as the trade piece to set up the centerpiece of the deal. So that's what they did. Jalen Brown was the centerpiece of the deal. They involved their picks and they, you know, and they all, and then I think they involved White in the deal as well, which was a very good player. Um, they'll be looking good, but I think they feel like they can probably make up the difference out here. So, so they, they, that's what they did. 
their offer, the Nets rejected it and said, okay, we'll take Jalen Brown, but we also want Marcus Smart, and we have one more other one, because I don't know if they're going to run around. Maybe they would take White if you also if you gave Marcus Smart, um, with all of the picks. That was awful lot. And here's the thing that we've been talking about with this team. You're trying to pair Kevin Durant with other good players. What good is it? You're turning down the entire team. And you have nothing left over. And you, and you kind of feel like you're back to square one. Right? That would be my... Because that's what you're trying to avoid. And you almost feel like if you don't feel smart with Brown, and if you're already to deal another a little rotation, you have to use kind of what you're doing. You're taking away too many elements of what makes you a good team. Already a championship contestant team already. Then there's the idea of this, too. This is my concern, because that's my biggest concern with this year. Other than the potential of what they're going to be left with on the rest if you make this thing. Because I, 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 look, there are benefits to this. I can see this working. I can see this deal happening. Because I can see the Nets who go, okay, David Brown's a good enough player for us. And if they can, you know, like, I mean, and, and if they can somehow get, you know, at least one more big piece from us in this deal, I can see them working and doing this. I can. I can see this. I can see these two teams working on deal. They're very good at these three teams and figuring these things out. I can totally see this working. That's why we're reading with it. That's why I give it a lot more credit than probably other rumors over the last couple of weeks. Maybe other than Toronto and Golden State, because those, along with Toronto and Golden State, Boston has a number of players that they can include in a package that can make this work. And that's what you're looking for. Teams that can include enough in a package to make this work, but also that completely got their team. But it does seem like. The Nets are, are going, going beyond just, okay, give us two really good players. Give us an all-star and one really good player. They want a, a second, like, really good player. And that seems to be the thing that causes the rejection by a team like Toronto, by a team like Golden State, by a team like uh, the, the, the Celtics. Is that, well, wait a minute. I, I want to give up another, like, another star player on the way. I don't want to do that. Because that's what I mean left with. Is okay, I got trade Okay, I might have to pay some tail. I just want to substitute. Another few things. I feel like I still have it at home. Now, I get it. Trades are supposed to hurt. Trades are supposed to hurt. Right? You don't want to create too big of a hole that makes it seem like it makes it seem like you didn't really advance much for And in a lot of ways, that can come off as smart team. You feel like that would be the case. Really good. My other concern too is that KD and Tatum, I don't know if that's a match that works. To me, they kind of feel too similar in a way of like what they're going to do for you on the court. If I'm being honest, I might be honest, and I love Jason Tatum. You all know how I feel about Tatum, even though I don't think he played very well down in the finals. I would honestly, I, Jay, I could see Jalen Brown and KD working out better. So I think they should do different things on the court and to be balanced a little better. I, I really don't know if KD works for them very well. I really don't. KD tends to work better with somebody that's maybe more of a point guard, guard type. You know, that's kind of what works better with him. So I don't know if this would really work in that way. That would be my biggest concern. What you mean, nothing on the roster. And I guess the other obvious thing here. Why would the 
Castillo again, the most talented back. I guess they really can't be that preferential. You can't, you can't worry about who it is if you're going to do that. Because then you're, you're just, you're just making it almost impossible to move. Now, I'm going to be honest with you folks. Even though I think there's a possibility that something could be worked out here, I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. I really don't think it's going to happen. Because I don't, I don't think Boston Boston had another team to clean up another really solid player to add in with Jalen Brown, and maybe another like a, a, a white, if you will, like because they got white in the deal already, which that's the original deal they spent with, with white and Jalen Brown. Um, you know, and obviously the picks that had Jalen Brown too. Um, if they if they can't get a third team involved, or maybe they can get another really good player to add to the mix. I, I really don't think they're gonna get a bunch of trouble. If they do that, and now. If this were a year where there was a lot of solid creation available, maybe somebody you could go out and get to bring in to replace Marcus Smart, you know, uh, spark plug off the bench or something like that, then I think that maybe they would do it. Like, all right, we can just go out and sign somebody to fill the role that he has on the team. But I don't, and, and I mean, there would be some drop off, but you would feel pretty good that they're going to have in the right. I don't think that they're going to do this knowing that they don't have anybody that can go in and because you're not only losing a, a potentially good scorer, Marcus Smart, you're losing a, a, a great defensive player, defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. I don't think, I just don't think they're going to improve Marcus Smart, and I don't think, again, you know, I, 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 that to me is unless they can get a third team, I think that's the, the thing that's it, that's going to cause it not to work out. Um, unless they can get a third team off of another player, and, I, and that's what's happening. Uh, probably the Golden State, probably the Golden State. That's probably another team. You know, it hits that point where it's like, you know, okay, they, they're offering one really good player, potential all-star, or an all-star, and then that's what say, but well, wait a minute, we also want a really, another really good player, what's a rotation piece, plus the pick. And that's you lose so that's why I don't see this working out. I really don't. Um, I just don't think that the Celtics are going to part with Marcus Smart. I, 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 not, I just don't. Now, there is one other aspect of this that's, that's interesting to me. Sometimes, sometimes, when you put a player's name in a trade, or you dangle that player in a trade, it can cause irreparable damage into the relationship between that player and the team he's currently on. You know, now, Jalen Brown has been mentioned in trade discussions before, as has Jason Tatum, as has Marcus Smart. However, that was prior to this year, where they seemed to work out all the issues they had. We had a new head coach that seemed to work very well with this team. He did incredibly well, had an unbelievable run, and got all the way to the NBA Finals. These, te- these guys, these te- these guys, I think these guys thought this would be, uh, this was done. That these rumors, that all this this team can't work out, work together well, that this team's not good enough. I think they thought that was done. I think they thought they were all there, they were all in, and that they were simply going to add to what they built, not subtract from it and replace it with something else. So the worry you have here is that this becomes kind of a Baker Mayfield situation, not that Jimmy Brown's Baker Mayfield, it doesn't show no situation like that. But, the 
between them and the team and probably on the same page. Um, but it's, it, we, we are going to get into it a little bit with the browser kind of But what can happen here is kind of similar to that. Hey, I thought we were good. I thought you believed in me, believed in this team, believed in yourself. And now here I am being dangled and traded. And I, I it just it just caused a wreck of the game and you don't get KD, then not and then maybe even Brown says, Hey, I want off the team and then all of a sudden now, oh you didn't nominate that big KD, but you pissed off Darren Brown, now he wants to trade and now you pull up the Celtics are done. And that's the dilemma and that's why Crystal, that's why these things shouldn't get out, but you don't say anything. That's the reason why it's such a. I don't think you you, you make you go in and do this unless you know for a hundred percent fact you're gonna be able to make this team. Because you risk alienating players if they don't get moved. It's a risk. It's a huge risk. Now some players don't care. Like, ah, oh, that's the way it is. That's the business. You see it a lot of times in baseball. A lot of players are playing with trades and, and they don't seem to care. Incredible run that the Celtics had last year. And it, it did seem like this team gelled and this team bought in. This team came together with their new coach and everybody seemed to be on the same page. So I could see where maybe it's like, wait a minute, I thought we were all good. And now it's, it's like, wait a minute. Where we were. I mean, and then it's like for Jalen. Jason, Jason Tatum did not have a good finals. Why can't it be him? And it could cause a, a, a problem there. So there's, 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 that's the, the worry. Uh, that's one of the worries we have here. Boston don't make this deal. Could this cause irreparable damage to the relationship between the team and Jay Brown, to the, the, the team itself, the team's chemistry, the relationship between all the players? That's a concern. It's a big concern. Now let's just be hypothetical and have some fun for a minute. Let's say whether it's the team market smart in the deal or the final third team and they bring with somehow make the implications of KD going to the Celtics is huge. Uh, if they can somehow get him and Jason Tatum work on the same page, especially if they can get um, uh, Marcus Smart to play. I mean, that, that's a really good basketball team. I, I, I don't know how much further it gets them. They already won the finals last year. Does it get them over the hump against the team like Golden State? I don't know, but it could probably get them back there again. If I mean, sure, for the next couple of years, you're a championship contender. I would love to make that much of I already got to the finals of Alice. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I don't know if it really makes that much of a difference. I don't know if it really puts you over the top. I still, I still don't know if that guarantees you a victory over Golden State. I just don't. Guess depends on if you're able to hang on the market smart, too. And if you continue to build this team up and, and, and keep it in good form. I don't think so. So that's a big news. I don't think this is going to work out because I don't think they're going to be able to get a third team. I don't think they're going to be able to get a third team. I don't think this will work out. But I, I, I won't lie. I think there's potential to get a 10. Boston's done well with these kind of things. 
They kind of back away from KD because of the price tag. They've been more focused on Donovan, but they have not been able to clear enough space on the roster and salary to make it work. They have not been able to clear enough space on the roster and salary to make it work. They have not been able to clear enough space on the roster and salary to make it work. They have not been able to clear enough space on the roster and salary to make it work. They have not and bring it in, you know, either a KD or a Don Mitchell. You don't want to make deals for your people to get rid of Chris Clare and Michael Butler or Kyle Lowry. Unless you know for a fact that, you know, I'm going to be able to land Tyler Mitchell. I'm going to be able to land Tyler Mitchell. Because otherwise, that's what you get. You got nothing. You just did all that work, you did all that, and you, and you lost, and you took off enough, 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 and Big news. Everybody woke up to the, 
often being a possibility for Kevin Durant. It kind of shocked a lot of people, including myself. So keep an eye on that and see what happens from all the other potential trades. So keep an eye on all that here. Cats can go a long way from everything else in the summer into the fall. I'm breaking some point here. We're heading towards the last hour of July here. Big picture. If anything's going to happen, this is Uh, nobody gets too close to preseason. Obviously, things can happen. We've seen players move in season. We've even seen players move preseason, but nothing that people like to have happen. So, um, speaking of trades and rumblings, the MLB trade deadline is about a week away. And when we come back, when we come back, we'll talk about the all the rumors and rumblings here as we're a week out of the trade deadline. Plus, we we'll number of teams stand. Number of teams this week. I can use this weekend kind of like a meter to I think some teams were able to make a good determination based on the season. You know, what teams are buyers, what teams are sellers, what are the latest rumors and rumblings that we have here week out of the MLB trade that we're All of them come back from the break. Uh, you're listening to the fourth spring here on this Monday. I'm Brian Garner. Good to have you all aboard. Be right back. Um, so about a week away from that, um, uh, this weekend, of course, being the first weekend
This weekend being the weekend after the All-Star break, I think it was a weekend that a lot of teams that were maybe on the fence. All right, maybe they had inkling of what they wanted to do and what they thought they should do, um, but they weren't sure. Maybe they're like, ah, let's see how we come out of the game after the break. Now, let's see how we do, because a lot a number of teams had big series this weekend. Let's see where we're at. Because I think, a lot, I think most teams, because the All-Star break was later this year, I think most teams had an idea, because Sometimes you start off slow and then pick things up, and then you have to decide, well, uh, which team are we? Are we the team that started slow and maybe are not that good? We just got hot, or we're the team that got hot? You know what I mean? Remember, teams did. Think about Seattle. Is Seattle really what they've been going to the All Star? They were 14 in a row coming to the All Star break. They were, they had gone to have been nine of the Astros. Um, you know, they jumped into the, they got, they jumped into the American League wildcard standings, all right, after struggling, you know, they were still in the mix, certainly, certainly, but they weren't, like, uh, they, they hadn't, be, they hadn't jumped and broken up the ALE vlog yet, but they had done that, they had done that, well, this weekend, they had a big series against the Astros, they got swept, so forget about the division, that looks like it's gone, and all of a sudden, they dropped from tied for the top wild card spot to third in the wild card standings. Now they're still the third wild card. They say that is the third wild card. But now, you know, all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, you were hot, now you're not. Now what does that mean? Well you're still in contention. Alright, but then you start to think, alright, are we you know, what do we need? So we probably should be buyers. I think they are buyers, especially since they're in the wild card But then you also have to believe, well, are we truly in this thing? How how much, how, how, in terms of buyers, how aggressive should we be? Can we sustain this, or are we just a flash in the pan, just got hot, going into the all-star break, because we had an easy schedule? Same thing with teams like the Orioles. Orioles were red hot late June, July. Right? Got back to 500. Put themselves in the wildcard hunt. They're three and a half games out of the last wildcard spot. Are they for real? This week against the Yankees, they played pretty well. They lost two out of three, but they played pretty well. And you're thinking, well, we were a team that probably was going to be considered a seller. We had some pieces that could be helpful to some teams. But are they going to be a seller? Do you really want to help out some other teams? I don't think they're going to be. And I think the fact that they we, we, we take a game against the Yankees this weekend makes them think that, hey, you know, we've done very well in the Maybe we, we, you know, we're not necessarily not good. We don't necessarily have to be buyers. I don't think they will be buyers. But we're not going to be sellers. We're not going to help other teams. So I think maybe that determination is something that they made after this weekend. Um, and there's the Red Sox we spoke a lot about last week. What are they going to go? There was a lot of rumors last week, okay, that the team was going to wait and see how they came out of the offer because a lot of things went wrong for them prior to the break. They were the one of the hottest teams in baseball in June. Remember, right next to the Yankees, they, they had a great June. They only lost four games the entire month. Put themselves back in the wild card, put themselves back, you know, and, and, and really were right there with Toronto and Tampa. It was a 3 4 3. But they have not won an ALE series all year. They have not won a single series in their division all year. And then before the break, Chris Sale came back, made one start, broke his pinky out for who knows how long. Other injuries, um, and there was all, and, and there was all this talk before the break. Well, you know they're not going to wait to the off season. Xander Bogarts are going to try to get something for him now. They already, that's 
they're not going to keep Zadana Bogart. And there's also talk about Ravi Aldebar. They're not going to offer him extensions. You know, the players wanted them to extend extensions to Bogart and Zadana. They have not done that. And he did. You know, there was all this, all this rude talk. Well, you know, the Red Sox were the Red Sox were going to from the Rays, and everybody was afraid. Red Sox fans were afraid. He's going to make this up. You know, it's going to be, we're going to be cheap by our cars. We're going to be, you know, he's not going to treat us like a a big a market franchise. He's going to treat us like a small market franchise that has no budget. And it seems like that's already beginning, where the focus is now on trying to be cost effective and get the most. And value and all that. And there was a lot of indications last week that they would be going in a direction. Maybe they're going to trade Xander Bogart and maybe start blowing this team up at the deadline because they realize they're not as good. They're not good enough. Yeah, they might only be three games out of the final wildcard spot. But this is a team that has not been able to beat too many good teams. They have not won a single series in their division. You know, if they, if they, even if they were to sneak in, would it even be worth it? Tear this thing down and get something for the players that are going to potentially leave you in free agency. Remember, I said this last week a lot. 2016 Yankees were kind of in the same spot as the Red Sox. We're not playing well. You know, had a lot of things going against them. They decided to blow they had a lot of, you know, that potential pieces that were going to be, you know, free agents. They traded them, including Chapman, who ended up getting back. Remember, Chapman was in the end back. Uh, they ended up making these moves. They blew up the team. They brought some young players up. And ultimately, they played better after that. They still didn't make the playoffs, but they played better. And we're still in contention right into September. So sometimes you think you're giving up. It ends up working out better for you. We saw that with the Twins a couple years ago, too. They traded a little. They, they, they looked like they were kind of quasi rebuilding. And they ended up playing better. They ended up making the playoffs. You know, you, you never know. This year have, have struggled. These guys have replaced injured players. They struggle. But ultimately, I thought last weekend was a big weekend for the Red Sox. They were playing Toronto. Like, all right, let's see. Toronto was a team that was kind of hit or miss in the first half. Sometimes they took, sometimes they played well, sometimes they didn't. But this is a chance to, okay, let's make a statement. Let's go and start the second half. Well, they made a statement, all right. They gave, they, they, you know, following the way they ended the first half, where they got blown up by the Yankees and back to back games, they got outscored 27 to 3. Those two games. In our first game on Friday night against the Blue Jays in Fenway, mind you, and got blown out 28, was it 28 to 6 or 28 to 3 or something like that. They were 28 runs, you know, inside the park, grand slam, bad fielding, bad pitching. Nathan Navalny got lit up in his return. It was bad. On the weekend, they got swept. They got swept. They lost five in a row. Remind you a lot of the Angels right now. They're at back at 500. And what they've seen is the, 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 the Orioles are half a game behind them. The White Sox have come up and tied them. The Guardians have passed and as have the Mariners. They're fading fast. And even Texas is starting to They're fading fast. So to me, I think what the Red Sox saw this past weekend was that, that, that they're, they're probably going to look at, I don't know if they're going to complete showers, I don't know if they're going to tear this whole thing down. But they're probably going to start to. They're probably going to start to move on. They're going to look at this and okay, if we, if we make it, we make it. If we don't, we don't. They're going to start to move some pieces. They're probably going to trade Bogart. They're probably not. I think that after seeing what they did this weekend, I think they're pretty much. 
I think they, they see the writing on the wall. You know, they did not, the last couple of weeks they had a task to pass, and they failed. So I think the Red Sox are probably in quasi-sell mode. Now, as I said, there were a number of teams that fell off, uh, that did not start off well, that turned their season around. Look at the Braves, look at the Phillies. They are probably going to be buyers, because they turned things around enough to justify it. You know? Um, I think Toronto will be buyers. They, you know, they at times have been hit or miss, but they, they've done enough in the last couple of weeks to find their manager to be buyers. Tampa will probably buy, but they'll buy conservatively. That's what they always do. The White Sox have done enough in recent times to turn things around, but I think they're going to be buyers. I don't know how much they're going to buy. I don't know what they have available to do, to get or buy. Or they have available to trade, but, but I think they'll try. I don't think they'll be sellers. A couple of weeks ago, I might have thought they would be. I think I said Seattle's probably done enough to be a buyer. Guardians have probably done enough to be a buyer. I don't think they're going to sell. I don't think the Orioles are going to sell. The Rangers corner will sell. They're a lot of money. They're not going to sell. The Padres will be buyers. In fact, they're very much in on Juan Soto. The Cardinals will be buyers. They've been buyers. They're, we knew that all year about this. They knew the Brewers. They tried to, they tried to improve. The Cardinals look like they're, 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 they're emerging kind of as the front runners for. Um, 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 for Juan Soto, which would be big for them. The Giants are still in this enough to be buyers. They've fallen completely out in the division into the Padres, but they're in the wild card enough to be buyers. Miami, I don't think they're going to be total sellers, but I don't know if they're good enough to be buyers. They're only five games out of a wild card spot. You know, you look at the Rockies and the eight, uh, uh, Diamondbacks, they're not really out of it either. They're like seven, eight and a half back the two of them. But they're not going to, I don't think Sellers because I think they're close enough where they're gonna like, all right, we'll see how this keeps going or whatever. But they're not gonna be, they're not gonna be buyers, they're not gonna mortgage anything, you know. Not gonna sell, they're not gonna buy, it's gonna kind of be flat. You look at the twins, they'll probably be buyers, they have to be. They gotta send off the Guardians and probably the White Sox. The Yankees will be buyers, obviously. They have to need some help, they probably need them, they need an outfielder. They gotta also move Joey Gallo. Gallo can't stand the team. I think that's apparent. He doesn't work there. And, and it looks like they have a market for Joey Gallo. There's all kinds of talk that there's four teams involved with Joey Gallo than anybody would say. And that's because most guys, most of them, think that he just doesn't do well in New York. It's kind of like the Sonny Gray thing here. It's like, all right, you know, we know he's a better player than this. It's just not working out in New York. So it looks like there's a market for him. They gotta get him off the team. They have to get him out there. That's more of like a contact bat for them. They also have to get a reliever because they lost Michael King to a fractured elbow. So they got to get a reliever. They probably have to get a starter. But the question, question is, they have, they have a lot to answer. This could be one of the big stories of the deadline is, is, is the Yankees. Because they have, they have two kind of tier decisions to make. They have the prospects to get a big fish. Okay? And I think they're going to fill gaps. I think they're going to get an outfielder. Will it be Juan Soto? We don't know. If it's not Juan Soto, it'll be, it'll be a drop-down, like an Ian Happ or an Andrew Benatendi, because it looks like the vaccination stuff is not as much of an issue down here, but I think what's going to happen is a lot of teams are going to call and say, look, you want to be on our team, you got to get vaccinated. And I think he's probably going to end up doing that, because I think they realize that he doesn't have a market if he doesn't. And I think the Royals probably impart imparted that to him, and he's probably like, all right, I guess i got to get a job. So I think that probably missed that in the butt a little bit. 
Because otherwise, I don't think there's, the, the interest would have ramped it up again. But the decision is this, if you're the Yankees. And I think the reliever will probably come along, probably in a deal for an outside. I think they'll try to package two pieces together. So they'll be like, alright, we'll get an outfielder and a reliever from a team. You know, or, or they'll figure something out. Like, I don't think they'll have any problem with a reliever. I don't think they have to go crazy, you know. So so the question is this. You take the prospect, they don't want to go up their farm system either, and try to get two, two of these. I mean, if they want to, Got their farm system and get both of these because the OEM wants all They probably could. But they're not going to want to do that, I don't think. So here's the decision they have to make. What do you need more? Pitching? What do you want more? The star pitcher or the star outfielder? And a lot of your decisions could be based off of do you think you're going to resign Aaron Judge? Because there are some people out there Go get Juan Soto now. Juan Soto's younger. He got his injury prone. You know, he probably will age better. And if you both sign him to an extension for 10 years, you know, he'll be in the mid-30s versus Judge, who'll be 40. But then there's Aaron Judge, and he's a Yankee for, you know, he should be a Yankee for life. I mean, so much to that team and to the franchise. And, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a difficult decision. Because if you go get Juan Soto, you're not keeping Aaron Judge. And, and theoretically, the Yankees should be able to keep both Juan Soto and Aaron Judge if they have Juan Soto. But that's not the way they operate anymore, money wise. They already have a number of big contracts on the books. They're not going to keep Juan Soto and Aaron Judge. They're not going to do that. And there's a lot of people that say, well, why go get Juan Soto now? Juan Soto is going to want to hit the open market. He's probably not going to want to sign an extension with any team he's trading. Remember, he's a couple years away from you know, being a. Uh, 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 so if you're, if you're a team like the Yankees, like why don't you just focus on getting Aaron Judge? situation, you can go out and sign Juan Soto. Here's the thing: the Nationals don't necessarily have to trade Juan Soto. They, they don't have to be in a rush because they get better deal now. You get a couple years of control with them, but. What's the priority? You want the pitcher, or do you want the hitter? And, the, and really, to me, it's, it's kind of even. But then it's the idea of, all right, if you go get Juan Soto, you're pretty much saying you're not going to get Aaron Judge. You're not going to keep both. And you might look at it as, well, all right, we get Juan Soto, and we have one, one chance, a half a season here, we'll both limit our outfield to try to get this World Series. And then you live with the idea that you let Aaron Judge walk. Or do you say, We'd rather go on and judge he's our guy. We'll let Juan Soto pass. We'll go for Andrew Benatelli. We'll go for Ian Happ. We'll go for Armando from the Pirates. We'll go for somebody else. And then go take our pieces and go trade for a week to steal from the Reds. And then go get a new That's the decision they have to make. And it's a big decision because it's franchise defining and it's going to impact the rest of the market. So, it's going to be interesting. And as far as Juan Soto goes, like I said, the Cardinals have kind of emerged as a front runner there. For right now. We'll see if they can get anything done. The Cardinals, you know, this week, this, this week they're going to be playing Toronto. And again, we have a situation with them where a number of their big players, Paul Goldsmith being one of them, no one ever another, uh, 
a couple of the big players are not vaccinated, and they're not going to be able to play in Toronto. So there's so so again, you know, maybe that guy with Lawrence Soto who does feel like he is vaccinated would be big for. We have one player that I mean, not that the Cardinals get to the World Series, but if they did, we just have one major player that has been vaccinated. Um, that's what I think about. Though. But we're getting to that point now where a week out, not much is happening. I'm not surprised. I told you about the inactive trade deadline because some teams took a while to come get into the mix, and then. You know, that's the dilemma, right? When you start off slow and you get high, you're like, all right, which team are we? Are we the, the, the team that started the year or the team that we've been now? Are we for real? Are we a true contender? Because if we're not, we might not want to be buyers. We must stay a pair or be sellers. You know, if you're like the other way, if you start off well but you fell off, you need to be sellers or if it's just, you know, we had a lot of injuries and then, you know, let's just leave it alone. And obviously, some teams are doing good for our buyers. You know, sometimes. Not. And that's the decision that you have to make. And as I said, some teams have been went into this weekend and waiting to see what these details are going to bring. I think, yeah, for a number of teams, they were able to figure it out. Well, the Red I think, have maybe figured it out. The Bears, I think, have kind of figured it out. You know, Giants, I think, have kind of figured it out. Like, there's some teams that came out of this weekend and they said, all right, this is what we got. Either we're going to stay attached, we're not going to go overly aggressive, we think we're good enough, or close enough to, to you know, Some of them are in that stage. Others are, we're going to be buyers. Others are, we're going to be sellers. Some teams had their minds made up already, and then some teams had to wait and see this weekend. And I think a number of teams came out this weekend with some queries. So we'll see how that lines up this week. Big week in baseball here. That's the end, the end of that important stress over this next seven, eight days here that we talked about for the last number of weeks. They're defining the season. We have, we have, we have. Leo and Juan Soto. We have a number of other big options like Andy Benintendi next year. There's potential here for some major action, but will it happen? Juan Soto does not have to be moved. You figure a guy like Andy Benintendi or Ian Happ, guys like that will be moved. You figure that one. There's even been rumors about uh, Suhail Khan being moved. Another superstar at the top, and then there'll be a lot of people trying to get him. So, I, I, I don't think he's going to be moved. There hasn't seemed to be enough traction there. We'll see if, if something jumps over the next week, or maybe that does become a, become a thing. And look, we've seen time and time again, there's been some teams that have been masters at the deadline deal. The Dodgers have always been active at the trade deadline. The Astros have been Those three teams are at the top of baseball. You figure they will be active and they will do something. Well, will some of these middling teams, Toronto, who's made some deadline deals in the past, will they do it again? How about Tampa? They've done some things. Will they do it? Will the Red Sox sell? You know, will the Twins, Guardians, and White Sox step up to try to differentiate themselves? Giants are probably, will they do something to try to keep up with the NL Braves? Same thing. Philly, same thing. So a lot to watch here over this next week. It's going to be a very interesting week across baseball. A very interesting week across baseball. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, I want to hear from you. Your thoughts on the MLB trade deadline. Uh, the rest of the time we're going on baseball. 
or anything else that's going on in sports, whether we mention it or not mention it. It's all on the table. We want to hear from you. We'll come back. We're thinking sports right on this Monday. We'll be right back. Shocked that the Celtics even entertained the thought of hitting KD. Why would you try? Why would you give up anything substantial for a guy that if he doesn't get his way or things don't materialize the way you hope, will just leave you in a couple years anyway, whether you have multiple years to on the contract or not? You can't be trusted. It's just not a good idea to give up so much of what you built. This is a team that's gotten better this offseason by getting guys like Gallinari and Brogdon, who they got, who they also got. Why would when you when it's gotten better? Uh, when well, our final team has gotten better, why would you consider essentially tearing it all down and ruining what you built just so that you can get somebody that's a superstar that you just can't trust? Doesn't make much sense to me at all. Um, doesn't make this much, doesn't make that much sense to me at all. And you start thinking about it the kind of what third team you did and want to help two teams like the, the, the Celtics and the Nets. I just don't see it. This to me leaks to us a lot from just trying to jump in and do what they've always done. We're a big market team. Let's go after the stars. Because we think that's the way to do it instead of just running these guys' team. Just for the last three years, building play. Bad, bad move. I can't be brand with you. This seems like a Danny Ainge thing. I think it was blown completely in their face. We have a second question or comment here, which I'll get to in a minute. But let me respond to your first comment here. Forget us first. Look, I can't blame you. And you're right. But Brogdon go for almost nothing. I know they had to get cap space in that, but I just don't understand it. Um, but they did get better. And look, the fact that they do have Gardari and Brogdon probably means that maybe between those two, they can make up the productivity of Smart. And defensively, would have some 
um, back up there because Brogdon is a great defender, so is Garnari. Um, so they would have some backup there. So maybe in their mind, maybe that makes Marcus Smart expendable. Although they don't seem to, they do still seem hesitant to include Marcus Smart. So I don't know. But um, look, I can't blame it for feeling that way. I really can't. I I think you're right to feel that way. You built this team. You got through. You you know you kind of got over the the the, the hill a little bit last year and finally became what you all thought you could be. And Jason Tatum had this unbelievable run. I don't blame him. I, I don't know if I would do it either. I mean, it's Kevin Durant. I get it, but you're right. You can't really trust him. Even if things are going well, there's no guarantee he's going to be happy. So, uh, I, I agree. Now, let's see what your other part, part of your, uh, what, what your other thought or question is here. Um, you still think it's a possibility that Utah moving down Mitchell can somehow merge with the Nets wanting to trade Kevin Durant? Uh, I, I mean, Oh, the Nets want an all-star player. Well, there's that. Oh, they also want picks. Well, the Nets, the, the, the Nets just got those picks from Rigo Bear from the Timberwolves. Oh, they want a good rotation. They want a major, they want other, uh, a good player in a, a big man in a rotation. Well, maybe they can get another team involved and get that. I feel like there's something here where Utah and the Nets can work something out, maybe get a third team involved and make it work. I said that a couple weeks ago, but it doesn't seem like they've at all talked about it or it does, it does beg the question why nobody's considered it. So we get an all star in Diamond Mitchell. You know, maybe we can get another team involved to get another big rotation piece, another good player. But we know we, we know you can get the you know you can get the, the a, a premium all star player in Diamond Mitchell and the pitch from Utah. You know you can get that from it's a matter of getting the ex- another, if you want another all star, another good rotation piece. You probably can't get that from Utah, but you have to get another team involved. But I think maybe you get more like another team involved because like Utah was rebuilding involved than you know some other team. But then here's the other thing too: that Utah want Kevin Durant. See, my 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 when I brought this up a couple weeks ago, that was predicated on the idea that Utah would turn off Kevin Durant to another team. Maybe they do that to Toronto, and maybe, and maybe that could work. You know, maybe Toronto could be involved in that way. Maybe it could be a three-team between Toronto, Utah, and Nets. Where Toronto gets Kevin Durant. The picks, um, you know, Utah keeps a couple of those picks. And it's a combination of Utah's picks and, and, and uh, Toronto's picks that go to the Nets. And maybe, the, and, maybe the, and maybe Toronto includes, like, Pascal Siakam. Um... You know, to the Nets. So the Nets get Siakam and Donovan Mitchell. Oh, and then somehow you find another good rotation. And there you go. Toronto gets Kevin Durant. Nets get like a Siakam. Because I know that the Nets are going to get five guys. They get Donovan Mitchell. And, and they get some, uh, some other random like, rotation piece player. And they get their pick. So like, that could work. There you go. There's your three teams. That would work. But it doesn't seem like these teams have connected at all, so I don't really see that happen. Let's see here. Um, nobody saw Boston getting inv- nobody saw Boston getting involved getting involved with this Kevin Durant speech. 
to get involved with with Kevin Durant or at really any of the big names that are available. And Boston's one of them. Boston loves to do that. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, it's possible. I heard rumors that Golden State might come for Donovan Mitchell. I don't know. I don't know if the Jazz would do that within the West. I don't know if they want to trade within the West. So, I mean, it's possible. You know, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I mean, nobody's coming in. Out here, but I can't take anybody on top of my head. I can't. I really can't. You know, there was some talk maybe the Mavericks would jump in on, on, on Donovan Mitchell, but again, I don't think Utah would trade in division. There's an act, I mean, I guess I don't know if there'd be a Mavericks. Uh, some people talk about the Pelicans, they have the picks and they have maybe some rotation pieces they could move. Maybe Um, so there's a talk that the Pelicans are going to do, and maybe get Donovan Mitchell or Kevin Durant, um, to come to New Orleans to play with McCollum and Zion Williamson. That might be something. You know, I about that. Um, you know, I saw some rumors about that a couple days ago. So, but I, I can't, honestly, I, I can't think of anybody in particular. I mean, again, some of the, some of these teams I just mentioned that have been rumblings at times that maybe they could jump in. Um, let's see, let's see here. If the Red Sox are truly trading Xander Bogart, what kind of market do you think there is for him? And also, you can't imagine Bogart, but... Like Martinez, Nathan Navalli would also be potential free agents soon. You see them potentially being moved. I don't think the Red Sox have enough time where we could go before the deadline and move all those guys. That's why I don't think they're going to be like selling like like crazy. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think they're going to be kind of quasi selling. I don't think they're going to tear the whole thing down, but I think they're going to be methodical. Like they'll put Xander Bogart out there and see what they can get. And honestly, I think the, the most base, most teams in the league know what players are going to be available. You know, what do you what would you want for this guy? And, and, and if the Boston gets a major offer for him, then maybe they wouldn't move him, but they're not gonna seek out offers for every one of those guys. There's just not enough time. Um and look at the way Evaldi pitched last Friday, I don't think there's gonna be a market for him right now. I mean people like Evaldi, but I didn't go watch see how if he you know comes back from how he comes back from injury and whatnot. JD Martinez could interest teams, you might have enough time to put together a, a thing a, a deal for him. Uh, Right, I think Devers though they're gonna want the world for Devers and Bogart. Both of them, they're younger, they're more in their prime. But I don't think they have the time to focus on both of them. So see, I mean, so I think they move Bogart now. Probably look to move Devers after the season's over. I think that's the thing. Plus, Devers is hurt right now, so that kind of missed that in the bunch there. So I think they'll put they'll put Bogarts out there, and they'll be like, all right, let's see what the and, and I think they'll get a good good premium for him. There's teams that need a shortstop. I mean, Think about the teams that were in the market for you know guys like Correa and Seager that didn't win out. Maybe they'll go on with on Bogarts. You know, um, I mean the Yankees w- w- wouldn't do it because that that Red Sox wouldn't trade in division like that. But you know, think of some of the other teams that were involved in one of the shortstop. Maybe the Giants will go for that. Um, you know, and, and move some pieces around. 
Um, you know, I look at like. Um, but I, I, but I think there'll be a market. There'll be a market for Bogarts. You get fired. Anyhow, I mean, I mean, if he is available, he'll be there'll be a huge market because the people teams will be looking like, okay, we need we can put that DH. Obviously, you can still play the field too, but I think a lot of teams would be like, I, I, I look at that more of a DH. And I think there'll be a good market for JD. There'll actually be a bat. It'll be a good market for JD. A number of, I, would, I, I say a number of NL teams look at J.D. Martinez. A lot of NL teams look at J.D. Martinez. And look, if Devers, if, if Devers was available and he was uh, able to be traded, then there would be a huge market for him. Huge market for him. But... Especially given he's injured right now. And it's not, it's not enough time. So they didn't. All right, we'll take two more. Another major issue with a team going to bits to play in Toronto is the Cardinals. You still, you think that you the 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 rule that the can't the the, the mandate was changed in Toronto, or do you think this is going to be something that teams going to continue to have to face? I think the rules are probably end up being changed or modified to accommodate because and I, I I'm 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 sure that there's some pressure being look. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I'm not. But I, 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 but I think it's going to change. It's going to be modified or changed. Something's going to get. Um, now, look, the Cardinals don't have as many potential players out as the Royals. The Royals not played that badly that weekend in Toronto. That they had Mr. players. But, um, but no, the Car- look, the Cardinals have been about three major players. Look, they're not, right now, it's the regular season. I don't think, I mean, obviously that does have an impact. You know, look, if you miss out on the playoffs by a game or two, you go back at those games and say, yeah, we had our best players there, we won maybe one or two of those games, we would have made it. Um, but I think when, I, I do think by the time we get to October, there'll be something in place. I'm not saying they'll change the rules completely, but they'll modify or say, you know, there's a way that you can have these players come, but they have to do some, certain things or go through certain things. They're going to do something. They're going to do something. But you cannot continue. Um, you cannot continue. This, this just cannot continue. This cannot continue. It just can't. And I'm not saying that um, from the standpoint of me saying that this is what they should do. I'm not saying that this is necessarily the right thing to do. I'm not playing politics here or anything else. I'm just saying that it's not sustainable and that the league can you know, deal with that. They're going to find ways around it. Eventually it's going to settle. Just like the vaccine mandate in New York City I wasn't telling you it was right or wrong. I was telling you that eventually something was going to give. And it did. And the same thing's going to happen here. Eventually something's going to give. 
You know, they're not gonna let, they're not gonna want this impact playoff games and stuff. I mean, I don't think they like that fact that's impacting regular season games, but I think they're more willing to let that happen than impacting playoff games, maybe even a World Series, a trial. You should get there. It is not fair advantage to Toronto. You know, you got the Cardinals coming in. The Cardinals are a good team, but they're going to miss the most of their good players. They don't even say, well, this is just a bad thing. Again, I, I mean, I'm not going to get into, well, should they or not? Should they not? I got bad fans. I'm not going to speak into my soapbox and tell people what to do. I'm not going to lecture people. That's not why I'm here. So, you know, you could sit there and say, well, you should just get bad and it would solve the problem. Okay, yeah, I would. You know, they're not going to, it doesn't seem like they're going to do that, so, but it, it becomes an unfair advantage for Toronto. I mean, whether it's right or wrong, it's an unfair advantage for Toronto. Well, the Cardinals are going to come up there about their best players. It's going to make an easier game. It's going to make an easier season for Toronto. It's like it did when they played the Royals. You know, the Royals are already a bad team, so. So something's going to give. Again, this isn't me saying that that's what baseball should do or that's what players I'm not telling them. Okay. I'm not playing power or whatever. I'm vaccinated. I think I think people should get vaccinated. That's what I think should happen. But I'm not going to sit here on the air, like I've said numerous times, and tell people what to do. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. You're not going to change people's minds doing that. You're just not. So I'm not going to waste the time on the air to do that. My only point is that it's not sustainable in that, you know, eventually something's going to have to give. And it's just something that's going to happen before we get to October. Alright, we'll take one more. Take one more. Um, Put yourself in a guy like J.R. Brown's point, too. This is kind of like what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo. Your name keeps coming up as the first name mentioned when you want to try to go and get a a, 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 a big name player. Kind of like what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo when Tom Brady was available. When Deshaun Watson was available. They keep mentioning, they keep overlooking you. They keep you. I'm going to mention you in the trade discussion. When it doesn't work out, you're there and you're, st- you're right back in the starting lineup. And everybody tries to act like nothing happened. But deep down, you know. That you're not the guy that, that you're not the guy that they believe in. There's guys out there that they matter have. You're just the guy they settle for. That's kind of what's going on with Jalen Brown. Same thing as what happened with Jimmy Garofalo. Same thing that kind of happened with, uh, with uh, Baker Mayfield, right? So Jalen Brown, don't you just ask for a trade, or you just should go down the Jimmy G route and say, you know what, it's business. This is just the way it is. If they don't want me, if they trip, if, 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 if they continue to not want me, eventually just. Jalen, you asked for the trade. You also have another question here, but I'm going to do the Jalen Brown thing first. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you ask for the trade? I don't know. Obviously, I, 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 I mean, I mean, like I said, I don't know how he's going to respond to this. He's been mentioning trade discussions before, and, you know, obviously there's been tension, there's been issues before, but it seemed like every, all that was behind him and everybody was on the same page. I don't know how he's going to respond to this. I don't. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the next couple of days. If a story comes out that he's disgruntled, then we'll know. And then he probably will ask for a trade. Like, I don't know. I mean, you'll probably say, you know what, I'm done with this. We'll see. I will, until we know what his mindset is and how he responds to the fact that he's been mentioned in the deal, I, I, I don't know. 
lot of you know, the business, whatever it be, will be. I'm, I'm used to this, whatever. Then, then you know, then probably won't have first train. Then I'd be comfortable with it. Then you shouldn't ask for trade. Boston's a good team. Maybe he likes it in Boston. Maybe he likes the, you know, he likes the fans. He likes the fact that he has a potential championship winning team. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be so easy to turn his back and leave. You know, it's not like in the NFL, you know, the 49ers, some, some, of these years, some of these years for Jimmy Garoppolo were not, you know, we thought they were a good team, but, you know, it was a little bit more of a difficult proposition. They didn't get into the, the Super Bowl. Whereas with Boston, you know, they, for the most part, have been competitive. They've had a couple of good years at the end of the world. You know? So it's a little bit different. Um, so I don't know. It depends on how comfortable you It depends on how you feel. Maybe, maybe it's not just a situation. Maybe it's just like, hey, you know what? We do believe in you, but hey, this is Kevin Durant. And some players can understand, like, hey, you know what, I do the same thing. I'm trying to trade the Kevin Durant, too. Kevin Durant's clearly a superior player to me. I don't, you know, it's not that I don't believe in myself. I think I'm a great player. But I would sometimes players look at it realistically and go, hey, Kevin Durant. Well, see how he responds. That will give you the answer of how he feels and maybe what I mean, it's a good comparison, you're right. What did you think of David Ortiz's Hall of Fame speech and this week's Hall of Fame specifics? Um, you know, he's so much. I mean, I mean, look, the speech content itself was was you know, I don't think it was generic, but it was awfully awe inspiring. Um, but I wasn't expecting anything awe inspiring from him because I think so. It was all going to be about his personality and his charm, and that's what. That's why he is who he is. That's why he's so beloved. Obviously, I, I, incredible. Player, um, but it, but so much of the reason why people liked him was his charm, his likability, and, and the way he carries himself, and his personality, and that's what he had to to show up there. And he, he, he was right. He was every, he was everything I could have thought he would be. You know, you know. But so I thought he did fine. There's not much else I can say about it. Um, not much else I can say about it. You know, as far as the rest of the series. There you had, you know, for the most part, that was fine. You know, I wish more guys had gotten in because it inspires my decision. It was fine, though. It was fine. What did you think of the, SB, the SBs last week? And what did you think of the controversy revolving around Clay Thompson? That's why I thought the SBs were fine. I thought Curry did a good job. Um, I like Dick Fight, the Dick, you know, Dick Vitale. In the perseverance, he uh, deserved that. I thought that was great. I thought they had a lot of great moments throughout the telecast, including the Brittany Ryder mention. Um, the Clay Thompson thing is, it, it, look, Clay went through hell. I, I get what people are saying here because the, the, the controversy seems to be that the Comeback Player of the Year award followed up, followed behind Dick Vitale's speech where you know, he was just talking about overcoming cancer and beating cancer. And Clay Thompson went up against Trey Mancini, who beat cancer last year. Last year, his story is: if you're a baseball player, a fan, a diehard baseball fan, you probably know Trey Mancini's story. Otherwise, you may not know it. Or, or, or if you watch enough sports content, you may know it, but otherwise, you may not know it. Whereas Clay Thompson's, you know, was a little bit different. Whereas a lot more people probably know his story because it was well documented. Before his ACL, he had the Achilles issue, he was gone for two years. Some people thought he was never going to play again. 
Um, but there are people that feel like, you know, first of all, that it's going to work with Trey Mancini because cancers, is, I mean, not to say ACL and Achilles injuries are not serious, they are, but cancers are far more serious. Uh, and obviously more deadly. Um, and the fact that this award followed Dick Hightower's speech, they thought, a lot of people thought was kind of tone deaf and it was in bad form because you have, here you have Dick Hightower talking about overcoming cancer and cancer issues and how we have to still do more. And then you have Trey Mancini lose to somebody that had ACL and Achilles injury versus him who overcame cancer. If, if anything, the award should have been done later or before so that you wouldn't have that, you know, Situation where he that award followed up and followed that up because um, obviously we more fit with him and seeing one right after that. Um, there are people, you know, this used to this is an award most people suspect that ESPN has more still has influence over it. Um, that some of their you know, people have involvement in it and influence it and and and, and uh, part of the process. I think they, they are. are. I think from what I understand, they are. So there's a few that maybe. He's the bigger name, and the NBA is bigger on ESPN, and Facebook, and he is, and look, I don't want to play conspiracy theorists, okay? Even if we left this up, even if, if it's just a fan vote, I think Clay's going to win because he is the name, right? So, like I said, unless you're a diehard baseball fan, you follow sports up to know all these really, uh, not real stories, but uh, uh, like, if you follow enough sports, like, you watch ESPN like crazy like me, or whatever, you probably don't. Trey Mancini's story. All right? Otherwise, you probably don't. And if you and, 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 and again, you know, that makes a difference because otherwise, then if people don't know about, it, they're not going to vote for him. Just because they see his name on the ballot and says, "Oh, this is what this is his story," that, it doesn't mean they're going to connect with it. It's not going to. We have to look at it the same way. They should. Do I think probably? But I. But again, I can't. I'm just looking at this realistically. Up a little bit more because of his, his name. It's unfortunate, it's not, and you could say it's not right, but that's just a lot of the story. I don't think it really had anything to do with ESPN. I don't. I know they're all in on the Warriors. I know he's the name and everything. I get that, but even if it's a fan, I don't think he would have won. That's why I don't think there was any it seems conspiracy theorists about this here. I think it was simply more easily accessible, was found everywhere, whereas Western Orioles fan or That Trey Mancini was battling cancer and beating cancer. There's no way to know it. There's no way to know about that story. And you're probably right that they probably should have had that award for some other time. What? Alright, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we wrap things up. You're listening to the sports been here on this Monday. I'll be right back.
As I said in the open today, the schedule for this week, very similar to what we've done this summer, you know, with the two daytime shows a week, so sports starts Monday and Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, so that's the same schedule we had sports on today. Our next sports will be Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern time, okay? Um, the only difference this week versus last week is that we have Inside the Ring, which is back to preview WWE SummerSlam, uh, which is coming up this Saturday, July, July 30th. Um, and there's a lot more to talk about SummerSlam, obviously Vince McMahon's retirement, the big news thing that people are going to creative. We'll get into all that. There'll be so much to talk about. So tomorrow's show should be a big show. So make sure you join us for a very big Inside the Ring tomorrow night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. And we'll also have another Inside the Ring next Tuesday night as well at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Um, so back two weeks in a row Inside the Ring. It means two back weeks in a row of three show weeks. Um, so two daytime shows and a nighttime show. So that'll be the schedule for this week and next week. That in mind, uh, we were not able to do what we wanted to do over the weekend. I had a, as you all know, we want to jump back into the entertainment realm with TV and film, etc. Um, I wanted to get a video up on YouTube or some, some form of, of, of one of our platforms um, to kind of gauge how people react to this new venture that we're going to try to go on. All the other adventures that we're going to do. I was not able to do that. I didn't have the time yesterday. I, I, I'm trying to get my It doesn't bolt, it doesn't do well if that's just me talking. So hopefully we'll be able to record something tonight. I don't know if it's gonna be a YouTube video because he's got issues being on the air, like on front of the camera. He'd rather just do an audio thing. So maybe we'll do an audio thing, maybe we'll do a, a Twitter spaces type thing or something. I don't know. But this look out, we will be doing something related to this. Probably focused on San Diego Comic Con. I told you all last week I might do something with that. We'll be probably focused on so, if, if we do anything or produce anything, obviously we look on our Facebook and Twitter, and there'll be a link to it there. In addition to anything else, we might do like a live Twitch broadcast. We're going to try to do at least one this week because we're getting it's getting late in the summer here. It will be August next week, which is crazy. Um, so, we'll try to get something like that off the ground this week. Something to try it out and see how we're doing with how we do with that. Um, and again, we'll try to get more active on Facebook and active in a number of ways. So. Um, look out, this week we'll probably try to produce some extra content. I know we haven't done it yet. We were supposed to already do it, and things have just kind of gone back and forth, and it's been kind of crazy. We're doing our best. It hasn't gone the way we wanted to this summer schedule-wise, but it's the way it is. So just, again, if we decide to do anything, I don't want to promise that we are. I think we will get something in this week. But if we don't, uh, if we don't, please don't slack me over it, okay? We'll put, uh, put up links on our Facebook and Twitter so that you can access whatever it is that we're doing so that you can interact with us during any time. But also, if you can't, even if you can't interact with us, you can at least listen to it and watch it. Okay? Now, for some things in the future, there probably will be something. But who knows what it will be here. And again, who knows if we'll actually we'll pull it off because we've had struggles with that. So, with that being said, that's it for tonight. As always, just because the show is over, does not mean you have to stop interacting with you this show. It's going to have your voice heard. Send us your reactions, questions, comments, suggestions, opinions. Just want to chat with us in general. All that and more anytime you want by email, Facebook, or email us at the sports fans, gmail.com. Make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. So you can interact with us. Facebook and Twitter, we do all that and more. You can also keep up with our show. You can go on Facebook and Twitter to search for the sports fans, Facebook and Twitter. It'll take you to our sports fans. 
post, uh, in our tweets, find the episode you're looking for, there'll be a link on that particular day, that show. Those links there are the live links we post before every show and broadcast, they'll take you Well, that's one way in which you can do that. If you miss an episode, like that's one way in which you can keep up and do that. Um, or you can go to our main show page on Just search for the sports for on speaker.com and take you to our main show page where if you scroll down to the bottom page, you'll find our archives. Well, you'll find all the episodes from all the networks of sports, 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 Recent date to the oldest date, so just find the episode. Click on it, it'll 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 Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. See you next week. Sports is on Monday and Friday. Monday and Eastern Time. Scheduled for the next two weeks. Again, pay attention to our Facebook and Twitter. If we post anything, YouTube or Facebook or Twitch, we try to Twitch stream or something. Or if we decide to do something on Facebook Live or Spaces or something, we'll link to it right on our Twitter to make sure that you pay attention. Access to it. We should have something else this week in between. We're working on it. Okay. All right. So, that being said, that's it for today, folks. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Um, unless we do something, unless we put out something before tomorrow night, our next show again, Inside the Ring tomorrow night, 9 o'clock Eastern, next So, but guys, when we talk to you next, stay safe, stay healthy. Have a good one, everyone.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.